Like many things in life, fear is good in small doses. Fear is what keeps us cautious and safe in dangerous situations. And there is such a thing as a healthy amount of fear. But too much fear can begin to rule over our lives and control those who let it take over. This is Christ is the Answer, and I'm your host, Robin Monks. Last week, we started a message with Pastor Randy Crozier on the devastating effects of fear and the dangers of letting fear control your life. This is part two, but we've included a summary at the beginning, so you'll be able to catch up even if you missed the first half. Here's Pastor Randy. So, I told you, the Lord, I don't know why this is the case, but the Lord laid this on my heart, that over the next little while, some of these messages that you're going to hear me preach, I'm going to use some music to uh, kind of support them, uh, to, to, to put a little color, if you will, into them. And I heard, um, I guess it was this first song, and the Lord really spoke to my heart. And then the second song, and uh, I just felt like there's something to share tonight. So you listen, and this is one of those instances where listening to the melody isn't going to do the trick. You've got to listen to the lyrics. Listen uh, to what's being sung. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Had as much of you as I can take. I'm so done, so over being afraid I've gone through the motions, I've been back and forth I know that you're thinking you've heard this before I don't know how to say it So I'm just gonna say it, yeah Fear you don't know Say it, sing along with me. 
sing fear you don't own me there ain't no room in this story and i ain't got time for you telling me what i'm not like you know me well guess what i know who i am i know i'm strong brave and i am free Those, uh, if you're not uh, into contemporary Christian music, those were the musical stylings and dulcet tones of uh, Christian vocal artist um, Francesca Battistelli. And, you know, in the, in the video, she's singing, the title is The Breakup Song. And in the, in the video, she's ending... And the song ending a destructive relationship with fear. Now, you know, all of us have a relationship with fear. And that's absolutely, absolutely true. Now, some fears are healthy. It's a healthy thing to fear fire. It's a healthy thing to fear rolling your truck, you know, or it's a healthy thing to, you know, there are certain fears that are healthy. And so on that score, we certainly all have fears that, you know, keep us safe. But it's also true that we have a relationship with fear, and this is as universal as the other, that is unhealthy. We're all troubled with or struggling with um, anxieties, apprehensions, or fears that uh, do damage to our lives. And we need to break up with fear. We're going to resist finding ourselves in a place where we cannot do what God calls us to do. Number one, and this is a very simple list, and it won't take me long to get through it. Number one, you got to break up with fear. Just like she sang in the song. Fear lies to you. And fear begins to hold you in any number of false bondages and, and pain. So the first thing that we need to do, if we're going to live effective for God, is we've got to break up with fear. We've got to see it quash. That's an old word, quash. I like it better than squash, because I don't like squash. So. And in 1 John chapter 4, uh, verse 18, it says this. It says, fear has torment. Fear punishes the human soul. Now, not good fear. Like I said, there are positive fears. There are healthy fears. But we're talking about unhealthy fear, the kind of fear that you need to end your relationship with. And that kind of fear, it brings punishment into the human soul. It brings torment into the human soul. And, and, and this is the kind of fear that Paul tells both us and the fearful Timothy, God has not given that to you. 
If you find yourself being tormented, if your soul is being punished, if your soul is being tortured by fears, if your life is being crippled or hampered or hindered or brought into, or if you're living in a restrictive place because you're full of fear, God has not given that to you. That is not something that you have to say to yourself, well, you know, what can I do? I've got to live with it. It is what it is. Well, it may be the truth insofar as your fallen nature is concerned, but in that you're a redeemed soul, in that you're born again, you're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit abides within you, that need not be the case. God didn't give it to you. God means that that kind of fear should have no place in our life. This is the kind of fear that we need to break up with. Not only do we need to break up with fear, but we need to break up with fear by fanning into flame the Holy Spirit. This is the way. We need to break up with fear uh, by fanning the flame of the Holy Spirit. You see, the benefits of leading a Holy Spirit-empowered life are, are numberless. And I don't have to tell that to most of you. Most of you have experienced through the course of your life what it is uh, to uh, be sustained, supported by, empowered by the Holy Spirit. The benefits are countless because oftentimes we narrow our emphasis on the Holy Spirit to some very simplistic things like we're going to get baptized or filled with the Spirit, we're going to speak in tongues and hallelujah, it's going to give us shiver bumps and make us more excited in church. Well, if you think that that's the full extent of what the Holy Spirit's purpose or what His agenda is in your life, then you've certainly missed it. The Holy Ghost the Spirit of the Lord wants to do any number of things in us. And we need a deeper recognition or a greater sense of reliance or dependence upon what He's doing. And so that means we need to fan the flame of the Holy Spirit. And I thought about this. You know, what do you say about fanning the flame of the Holy Spirit? And I thought, well, the analogy that's being employed is the idea of stoking a fire. So what do you do to get your... Now, we we got a pellet stove now, and so this is not the kind of thing. Although, i got to admit to you that it's gone out a couple times, and Hannah, being home alone, just without even knowing, threw a bunch of pellets in, and it lit on its own. So I guess in a way she stoked it. But before we came here, we always had just a you know, regular old stove. So what do you do when the fire's burning low? Open the draft. you got to open the draft. you got to let some of the air in. So some of us, we just need to get the draft open in our lives. We need to get into a place. Well, you know, in the old times, we used to say, you got to get under the spout where the glory comes out. you got to get yourself from wherever you're currently sitting, and you need to get to the position where you're allowing the Spirit of God to pour out so the draft is open and something begins to whistle through your soul. And the second thing you need to do is you need to, you know, if you're going to, you get that old poker out and you start, Moving, you know, I can't tell you how many times I would get up in the morning and I just, I was too tired to go downstairs and put a piece of wood on the fire. Then I would get up and I think, oh my goodness, you know, it's deader than a doornail. And it's unbelievable how much fire can still be down in there. You get stirring that thing up and all of a sudden it's so hot you wouldn't believe it. And, you th and then what do you do? Throw some wood on it. So get in there, you know, open up the draft, let the breeze of the Spirit of God begin to 
blow through you, get under the spout where the glory comes out, you know, get the poker out, start jamming it around, stirring stuff up, and let the coals that have become buried rise to the surface and then throw some fuel on it. Well, what's that? Get in the Word of God. Start singing praise, even when you don't feel like it. Pray. You know, we can talk about all kinds of other spiritual things. You start doing those things, and you start putting wood on that fire. And all of a sudden, it is fanned back up to flame. So you got to break up with fear. And then you got to break up with fear by fanning the flame of the, uh, of, the, of the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, this one's a little bit more complicated. But you need to break up with fear by particularly fanning the flame of the Spirit that imparts the qualities of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, this trio of qualities imparted to us by the Holy Spirit has a wonderful capacity to deal with fear. You see, power, love, and a sound mind are actually together the antithesis of fear. They're the actual opposite of fear together. Together, they crush fear like hammer crushing a sugar cube. Together, these three things, power, love, and a sound mind, dissolve fear like water dissolves salt. So if you can get these three qualities in particular stoked up, so you fan the flame of the Holy Ghost, but you begin to particularly focus on the idea that, Lord, I need power, I need love, and I need a sound mind. And you will begin to see fear melt away in your life. You see, Jesus said about power, he said, you will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power to do what? Power, he said, to be my witnesses. What does that mean? Now, again, we often take that word and we have this really narrow uh, uh, interpretation that we attach to it. Witnesses means I'm going to be able to stand on a street corner and I'm going to be able to catch somebody by the arm and tell them that Jesus saves. Well, certainly that can be part of it. But the truth is, to be a witness for Jesus Christ has everything to do with your life. Not just the things that you say, but the way that you live. How you deal with life in general. And so when Jesus says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses, he means that you're going to have power to share the gospel. You'll have power to tell the truth of Jesus to the unsaved. But you're going to have power to live triumphant in the middle of the worst storms of life. You're going to have power to keep on going when fear wants to tell you, stop. See, power, the power of the Holy Spirit is the antithesis of fear. So we pray, Lord, I need the power of the Holy Ghost. And then love. Romans 5 and 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You see, few things do more than love does to inspire a person to break up with fear. I'll give you an example. A mother or a father, husband or wife, not a particularly brave person maybe, not an especially a courageous soul, but all of a sudden, 
your spouse is in trouble. You discover that you know, your, your child is in a burning building. Or some friend is caught in a horrible situation. Somewhere you would never go and a thing that you'd never enter into normally. But love can make a person run into a hail of bullets. Love can take a timid soul and see them walk into the fire. Both actually and figuratively. Nothing other than power does more to give us victory over fear than love does. And then, a sound mind. Now, there's a couple other passages there. First John 4, he says, perfect love drives out fear. Second Corinthians says, the love of Christ compels us. But then a sound mind. See, what is this? Anyway, a sound mind. Does it mean not insane? No. See, if you go back to the original language, this is a mind that causes us to be able to see things proportionately or in their true relation to one another. In that God is for me, I'm going to make it. I may not come through it exactly the way that I would like to come through, but I know this, that the invisible God will stand in my corner and I will emerge a conqueror. I will emerge victorious. See, that's a sound mind. And so Paul says to Timothy, this is the mind that you need. You know, I I think of, I want to give you two examples of a sound mind. You know, if you go to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, you discover that uh, that's the kind of mind that God told Joshua to have. Three times over, and I won't read the passage to you because it's lengthy and and I'm already... Three times over, God says to Joshua, Be courageous. Be thou very courageous. And then he says, Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Because I am with you. So God dispatches Joshua off to a huge task, and he says this, Joshua, be of a sound mind. Know as you go off into this thing, and you face this, and you face that, and the problems begin to loom, and you wonder what you're going to do. Remember this, I am for you. That's a sound mind. Or you see a sound mind uh, in David when he writes the 23rd Psalm. You know, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right past for his name's sake. I'm going to skip a verse, then I'm going to come back to it. Skipping verse 4, then he says, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So you look here. Verses 1 through 3 of the 23rd Psalm, very affirmative. Verses 5 through 6, very affirmative. Notice what's in the middle. 
even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What's the point? The reason he could say that in the middle, the reason he could say, even when I am passing through the darkest, deepest, deadliest, most miserable of valleys, I know you're with me, is because of the things that he understood about God, that he iterates both before and after he says it. That's a sound mind. We need a sound mind. So in general, if you want to break up with fear, two things have to happen. In general, number one, you've got to fan the flame of the Holy Ghost. And in specific, you need to plead with God that He would become more dominant in your life, that He would become more influential, that He would take greater control in your life by the Holy Spirit by expressing or ramping up power, love, and a sound mind. Now I want to um, give you... Here's another song for you. We'll finish with this. Your rest, steal your happiness. 
let your fire fall and cast out all my fear Let your fire fall, your love is all I fear Let your fire fall and cast out all my fear Let your fire fall, your love is all I fear Let your fire fall and cast out all my fear Let your fire fall, your love is all I fear Some of you, some of us, we need to come to that place where we just know that fear is a liar. You know, it's interesting in the, in the song, I, I thought it was anyway, and you may not strike you as such, but you know when he's, when he's singing, he says, cast your fear into the fire. And then over and over again, as he comes to the end of the song, he says, let your fire fall and cast out all my fears. What's the fire of God? It's the Holy Spirit. I don't know how in tune he was deliberately with, with sound theology or good doctrine. Or, you see, that's exactly the truth. If you want fear driven out of your life, then it takes the fire of God. It takes the Holy Spirit. And you know, if you ask God to take care of your fears by letting the Holy Spirit or causing the Holy Spirit, that flame to burn brighter and higher in your heart and your life, He'll answer. Isaiah chapter 59, 19 says this, When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. Learning how to break up with fear is a powerful lesson, and what I pray you'll find helpful in your own life. If you missed the first part of this two-part series, or want to listen to any of our episodes again, you can hear them in podcast form on our website at seaviewfullgospel.com. Christ is the Answer is recorded at the Seaview Full Gospel Church in beautiful Back Bay, New Brunswick. Until next week, remember, Christ is the Answer. <laughs>